unbelievable. I'm back again. We recorded the fucking show yesterday for this stupid-ass movie. Uh, the movie where Jerry Seinfeld thinks he's funny for an hour and 20-some-odd minutes where he's pretending to be a bee in one of the most embarrassing performances of all time in just this shit uh, children's movie. Uh, the piss movie, I'm going to call it from the rest of this interview. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Cracks Wise, um, making Jew jokes, white man jokes, and Larry King jokes in a kid's movie where bees sue the human race for some stupid-ass reason that doesn't make any sense. Their arguments make no sense. Uh, they win... Against John Goodman, just camping it up. Uh, it's just so embarrassing. And if I ever saw Jerry Seinfeld in Minecraft, I would take my level 5 enchanted sharpness sword. I would knock his stupid little head off of his shoulders. And I would fill his house full of TNT and blow it sky high. This movie is bad. Everyone who worked on it should be embarrassed. Um, and it's, it's uh, I don't know, maybe if you watch it, get a beer and get a good buzz going. Because this movie is unbearable. That one makes sense if you've seen the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I got that one. I got that one. Don't worry. We'll um, remember bears from the Barbarella episode. You you totally forgot uh, in your rundown of type of jokes. There's racial humor. You get some black jokes in there. You mm -hmm. get some. You get some maybe inappropriate uh, at this stage and uh, liberalism. A uh, little drag queen joke. A little ha ha. Mentioned you wearing women's clothing. Ha 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 ha. Very That's funny. funny. And yep. you know it's uh, it's a rocking good time for the whole family. What you have to understand is that this is a kids movie. Um, but kids aren't really going to understand most of the humor going on here. So really, you know, it's, it's for the parents, you know, this one's for the parents and we can, yeah, all it's, it's a kid's movie, um, that has no moral because of the point of a kid's movie, really, why you show your kids any sort of story or song or anything when they're growing up is for two reasons, a, for them to learn something. Well, well, something like, um, this is how chocolate is made, or whatever, and, or teach them a moral. Like, Toy Story teaches you to basically accept changes, to not be jealous of others when others are given attention. It's basically just a movie to show kids uh, who are eventually going to have siblings. Um, this movie has no moral... Uh, and it doesn't teach kids anything of use. And the jokes for the adults, which I now am, or have been for a while, um, are not funny at all. Jerry Seinfeld is not funny. This is on full display here. Um, I think there are parts of the movie that I'm not even sure if they're supposed to be jokes. But I'm like, if they're not, it's just stupid writing. And if they are, it's just a stupid joke. Um, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's not a good kids movie. It's not a good movie. Um, Period. The, what? Period. I'll give you a rundown of the plot. Basically, there's this dumbass little bee, this stupid moron named Barry B. Benson. <laughs> now, um, but okay, before we continue, before we continue, uh, let's yeah. speculate on the. Uh, let's talk about what is. What do you think Barry's middle name is? If I have to bet, I'm gonna say Bartholomew. I'm going to guess his middle name is, oh my god, <laughs> it's probably Buzz, like a B, um, that, or, um, uh, who cares, and it's probably short for B, honestly, like, whatever. What it's it's you know it'd be redundant if it was B you know I mean first of all you know that's funny knew? though I mean yeah you know what uh, it, it's pretty funny it's it's pretty funny I like to think actually now that you mention it that it is Buzz as an homage 
Is a Honey Nut Cheerios um, mascot Buzz the bee. Another stupid ass little whitey bee. And basically, so the rundown of the movie there's Barry B. Benson. And he thinks he's living in a Pink Floyd album. And there's some just embarrassing social commentary at the beginning of the movie that's so stupid. And dude, we work this... our whole li- oh, Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, dude, we work our whole lives. I can't believe that, man. That's kind of like uh, the... Re- you know, we also have wage slaving in the real world, you know, <laughs> not just in the B world. So, yeah, sorry, continue. We'll remember wage slaving, of course, in the THX episode. And so Barry B. Benson, this little shithead, uh, has this idiot friend named... Fucking, what's his name? Jerry? Uh, it's like Ad- it's Adam, I think. Adam, whatever. And Adam is this little punk bitch who wants to. He's like, oh, I want to be a wagey. Ha ha ha. And Barry's like, whoa, bro, this is like kind of crazy. And he leaves the hive. He wants to be a honey jock, which are all the tough bees. I, I don't know. All the bees in the movie look the same except for the jocks. And the jocks go out and use their suction. It's so stupid. They, like, use their suction guns to suck out honey from... Or they just suck out nectar from the plants. And then they just sprinkle pollen on stuff. And then Barry finds this woman who he has, you know, sexual relations with. And you have this sort of... Not confirmed. Not confirmed. They have this will-they-won't-they relationship, and you're just waiting for that scene where, you know, Barry is her little bed bug, if you know what I'm saying. And <laughs> there's a scene where she tucks her hair behind her ear and arches her back, and she says, are you coming? And I said, of course, so I'm coming. And then the movie continues. They sue the human race, and then for the next 20 minutes of the movie, they uh, just try to do five different things and it just paced terribly and the movie sucks uh, yeah now uh yeah you, you, that's a pretty good rundown i'd say uh plot wise yeah they just they just want to sue the humans um and i and it's i'm glad you talked about pacing because yeah this movie is paced terribly it's one of those movies where you remember that scene at the end, but then you find out when you watch the movie that that scene's actually in the middle. And that's because rather than follow a traditional story arc like um, any other sort of competently made movie, um, I think Jerry Seinfeld had the idea to have himself as an animated bee before any sort of script or idea was actually in place. Um, so you kind of work backwards that way. Kind of innovative in, in certain aspects, if you ask me. Um, what? Let's go ahead, sorry. I wanted to talk about something that we didn't really talk about yesterday when we recorded. And okay. it's basically this um, this trial portion of the movie. So Barry finds out, he finds a honey farm and he's like, oh, these people are being worked for their honey and their queen isn't even a real queen. It's just a guy in women's clothing. It's a drag queen. Um, and then he wants to sue the human race. And this lawsuit makes no fucking sense. Because he just, it's so, oh, it's so dumb. He just, the arguments are that, like, he brings in Sting, and he's like, Sting, his name, Sting, and he hasn't been stung by a bee. Like, is that a joke? And if it is, it's not funny. And then if it isn't, What? Like, if this if this was real, first of all, he would just have to go and say, oh, bees are sentient. You are forcing sentient beings into labor that they have no choice in. This is slavery. It needs to stop. But instead, he um, says that a bee or honey company is using a bear for their mascot and bears aren't nice. Or what? Like, what? And well, you know, he, <laughs> the, the reasoning there is that it's an appropriation of bee culture, essentially. You know, it'd be like if you had um, a package of sushi and on the cover there was some 
like Mexican people on it, you know? It doesn't it's not right. It you know the Redskins? The Washington Redskins? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um that's not how lawsuits fucking work. You don't go into court and say, "Oh, they're appropriating our like what? What? It's like if uh, like if, well we can get into semantics here. It's like if a black person like took a white person to court and they're like, oh, they have he has a dreads. He's appropriating my <laughs> culture, and then they're like, oh, sorry, sir, and they cut off the white person's hair and gave it to the black person. Like that'd, fucking what? That'd be fair. <laughs> and then they bring in Ray Liotta for this stupid cameo, like, and then the argument is that Ray Liotta. What what even was it? Like, he... I don't even remember. It was oh, so Ray, dumb. It, it's Ray Liotta uh, has his own line of honey, is the problem. And so they call him to the stand, and they're like, well, you didn't do any of this work. I mean, they just have him... Okay, Ray Liotta shows up because it's Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, sorry. And if you think Ray Liotta looks a little bit strange in older age now, uh, the Uncanny Valley and animated <laughs> Ray Liotta will send you to the goddamn Shadow Realm. That shit is scary, bro. It is uncanny, it's unnatural, and it's a crime against God as far as I'm concerned. It's so dumb. And, like... And then there's a classic scene, too, in every court movie where... Um, someone storms in and they're like, oh, we have evidence. And then um, everyone cheers and the judge is like, <laughs> case dismiss, you win. And, which is just so dumb. I mean, whatever, it's a kid's movie. But they do that in adult, quote unquote, adult movies too. And it's just so, so stupid. But all of the arguments, it's like, it's just what? What? You would just have to say, oh, we're sentient. And also, by the way, how did the bees never talk to the uh, bee farmers before? Or if they're sentient, like, plan and escape, it doesn't make any sense. And then when they win, they're rewarded all of the honey in the world or something. And then this makes the bees not want to do anything anymore or like because i guess honey is money to them so then the moral is if you get a lot of money don't be don't become lazy it's really a complex idea here and it's it's the idea that you know once we've reached the point where you know we live in a utopic world uh, where we have everything at, that we need or desire at our fingertips, you know, leisure uh, loses its luster because everybody needs a purpose, you know, and they explore this and, you know, some of the great pieces of literature. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was I saying? They explore this in some of the great pieces of literature, you know, in Brave New World and uh, other b- books that I can't think of right now, but it's it's a philosophical problem, really. So you got to give it its due credit for that. Um, and the solution is, well, let's just go back to work. Um, it's really it's really a complex and well thought out point and and the sort of existential subplots. So I really give it kudos for that too. I just want to just want to say that. Yeah. It's really deep how they're like, let's just go back to work like any normal person would do because doing nothing and not being productive is depressing. Okay? It's like the dumbasses who are like, oh, 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 well, if everyone, if we had communism, um, why wouldn't I just be a janitor uh, and make money? Uh, because, oh, whatever, it's not the potter show. Anyways, um, this movie's so dumb. Um, the whole court thing makes no sense, and it takes up... Like, the thing is... Ugh, okay, the first ha- uh, third of this movie is just really embarrassing social commentary, and then him leaving the hive and meeting Vanessa, played by Renee... Um, what's her name? Like, Zellweger? Zellweger, yeah who uh, potentially got rhinoplasty. It's hinting at some rhinoplasty in, her cha- in the change of her nose. Uh, let's just pull that up real quick. Uh, 
I actually yes. subscribe to the um, the Fene Zellweger theory, which is that that is actually not the real Renee Zellweger, and that mm. she's she was actually replaced after an accident um, by her agent, family, and studios. Um, you know, to keep the money tray rolling, it's uh, it's it's an interesting case. Look into it. Check out Four Chan. I'm sure there's something about it on there. Yeah, uh, that lady who got plastic surgery. Anyway, she does a really stupid job, really bad <laughs> job as Vanessa or whatever, uh, who's a florist, which is so epic because these like flowers, and um, she just acts like a stupid toddler for half. For not half the whole movie, um, and the, I don't like watching movies where care people uh, like adults act like toddlers. If I wanted to, you know, consume that, I would watch a Madonna concert or listen to any one of her songs where she's trying to act like a sexy toddler, like in Santa Baby, Santa Baby. Uh, listen to that. Um, it's uh, anyways. What was I saying? <laughs> we were talking about Madonna. Um, I was actually a big fan of her Immaculate Collection. I know some people don't like Greatest Hits, but I think that is a good album overall. Um, and it is a very deliberate uh, sort of compilation of her hits. So it's worth checking out, I'd say. I like the Madonna uh, cameo in the B-movie where she comes up and kisses Barry on the lips. That was kind of weird, but it was apt. Yeah. The so, sort of gr- the groping scene was unnecessary too, um, and Barry yeah, was making weird some some awkward sexual advances. I don't know the the vibes were a little bit off there, but I mean I understand that uh, on a one hundred fifty million dollar project like this, which is not a joke, um, that you would have you know some some king ch- chinks in the armor. So yeah, first third of the movie is just like. It's so weird, because the first third is kind of like, okay, in the hive, out of the hive, but it's very, like, it's its own story, almost, and then Mm -hmm. the second third is just the stupid court thing, which is, it's just so dumb, and then the last third, there's like five different things that happens, and it's just like, it's paced so poorly that... Like, I, I seriously forget about the last third of the movie every time I think about the movie, which this is the last time that I'll be watching it. Not because it was so bad, um, but because when we started the movie, we were watching it over Netflix party. I said, hey, uh, is it chill if I make popcorn? Matt said, yeah, it's chill. Great. <laughs> Go upstairs, get my popcorn going, come back. The movie's already going. I try so, to rewind so, it, and Matthew says, no. He says, so let's, nope. Let's keep in mind, we were waiting on Lucas to watch his movie, okay? He was dicking around, probably on Minecraft or something, getting some pigs ready for breeding or whatever the fuck is going on in that game. And then this guy has the audacity to say, wait while they go make popcorn after he comes to the computer. It's too much. And I'm going to say this for the last time, that I'm not going to wait like that anymore. You miss those two minutes. That's two minutes you sacrifice to make your popcorn that you're not watching the B-movie. That's on you. That's on you. Well, it is and it isn't. Well, no? it is and it is. So well, that's all I have to... Well, well you know. You know. <laughs> next, what, what time, next time I'll, I'll start the Netflix party, I'll hit that little checkbox where it says, only I have control. I'll say <laughs> click. And that'll be my little contribution. <laughs> Okay, I'll well, we'll see click, about that. Yeah, well, we'll see. yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Um, I want to talk about the jokes. I went into this movie with an open mind and an open heart, and I was, <laughs> I said, let's um, count how many jokes I laugh at. One. One fucking joke, and it was the very appropriate ha-ha funny joke at the end where um, Moose Blood, the uh, blackface character, <laughs> um, says I was already a blood sucking parasite. All I needed was a briefcase. He's now a lawyer. Um, Moose Blood is a mosquito played by Chris Rock, um, who makes you know sort of um, references to potential drug use and how mosquito women are, uh, don't want no mosquito, uh, which is hilarious. Um, kind of a mosquito moment. 
that is a mosquito moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I say the M word on air? Can I say mosquito? That? Mosquito. Yeah, you can say mosquito. Mosquito. <laughs> okay, cool. Can I say mosquito or no? No, that was that show. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Chris. That's Chris Rock, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen Chris Rock in animated outfits like Madagascar, which you know. Uh, some people may not like or whatever, but you know Marty the zebra, he's iconic, mm-hmm. and it, and I mean you know say what you will about the whole polka dot afro thing, come the third movie, but he he was good for some solid laughs, and that felt like Chris Rock. This feels like Jerry Seinfeld gave Chris Rock a big check, and said please be in my movie. I paid a bunch of other celebrities to be in it, but they don't have any experience with animation or quality acting. So I really need you on this one. Basically, and... Jerry Seinfeld just took out his Rolodex, texted some of his buddies, and said, "Hey, wanna be in my? Mo- hey, what's the deal with you being my movie?" And they said, Ugh, "Okay, man." Let's talk. Let me just run down the cast because uh, it is pre- it is substantial and it is embarrassing that they wasted it. So Seinfeld, Zellweger, Matthew Broderick. Patrick Warburton, John Goodman, Chris Rock, Kathy Bates, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Richards. Uh, he's still canceled, right? Who's that? Um, he's Cosmo Kramer, i.e. the guy who went to <laughs> the Laugh Factory yeah. and said some no-no words. Yeah, that was the Laugh Factory, all right. That was <laughs> getting some real belly laughs from me. Uh, we also have B. Larry King in this movie. Uh, human Larry King's nowhere to be found. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, Ray Liotta and uh, yeah, Sting have cameos as themselves. Um, the Sting thing is so weird. I mean, it's not... It's Why Sting, though? Why Sting? Kids, like, of all the people that kids will know, or even, like, adults in, like, 2007, like, Sting from the police? Like, is that all he could get? <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I have to talk about the B. Larry King. I have to. <laughs> Go for it. Go. Let's hear it. Well, first, I have to talk... This stupid joke that probably not even most people would... I, I'm going to assume most people wouldn't get. Maybe I'm patting myself on the back too much here. But there's a scene where Barry comes back from the hive and his buddy Ferris Bueller is like, Oh, what's up? He's like, oh, I met this girl. And he's like, is she B-ish? Um, as in Jewish, and uh, like, who's getting that joke, Jerry? Who? It's what's well, it's funny because what Jerry's <laughs> what Jerry's endeavoring to do is that he's seemingly when you first hear that you're thinking, oh, it's like it's like a sly way of not having him just outright say Jewish, but then he says that later in the movie. So why have both of those jokes in there? And also, why say B-ish? And I guess because they didn't want to have Jewish bees, because that conceptually doesn't make sense. But, I mean, there's a lot of logistical problems here already, Jerry. You know, a little script supervision here would have gone a long way. And I, I... You, like myself, you were probably a big Larry King fan when you were younger, right? Yes. Um, I My parents got me uh, old tapes from their neighbors of just Larry King reruns. Um, I would have some great laughs at those. Um, it, it, Larry King was kind of like a second father to me growing up, honestly. So it was it was nice to see B. Larry King here in this film. Yeah, there's a great cameo moment. And I remember when I was in the theater with my mom, the B. Larry King scene came on. And I was laughing so hard. I was like, Mom, 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 it's it's Larry King. And she's like, I know, Luke. We, we love him. And all the kids in the crowd cheered and, yay, Larry King. And my, my mom was laughing so hard. All the parents were just having a great time. It was a great experience. And I was like, oh, it's my hero, Larry. I love, I love you. And then, um, you know... At, Barry B. Benson says, you know, they have a Larry King in the real world. He looks just like you. Uh, very Jewish. And everyone laughed. They're laughing so hard. I, I laughed for sure. Yeah, I, Oh my gosh. It was, so, it was so funny. Because as a kid, um, we really know the Jewish culture. And we really, oh my gosh. Like, kids these days will never know. 
about Larry King, and I don't know. It's just so special. It was such an appropriate joke for a kids' movie. I, I remember there was that Larry King cameo in Wally that was hilarious. That Larry King cameo in Toy Story. Everyone remembers these because Larry King is he's so important to the children. And you know the thing with Pixar movies is that everyone they're universally regarded as classics. Almost all of them, like pre twenty ten anyway. And there's certain staples in all of the movies, all the beats that you have to hit, the Pixar formula. But this is what makes it critically acclaimed. You know, you have celebrity, gratuitous celebrity cameos. You yep. have awkwardly shoot in adult humor. Product placement. Um, product placement. And you also have a nonsensical plot that doesn't seem to teach or condemn or praise any sort of message or moral or any sort of thing thematic content whatsoever so that what you're watching is the visual equivalent of junk food and that there's basically no um nothing of intellectual value you can glean from it. and that's really what makes pixar movies classic and why this this movie succeeds so much um i have to talk about the animation too um, i'm gonna give the movie props here i like the way the bee's hair looks it's very fuzzy and cute and i want to give very little kiss, a little smooch on the head. I don't want to touch Barry. If I would squeeze Barry in my fist, <laughs> <laughs> I would wring the light from his eyes. Would pop I, I would love to see all his. I would love for him to sting me and all his guts to come out to the fucking bottom of his thorax or whatever the fuck, just so I don't have to hear another minute of his terrible, terrible voice going ah. <laughs> Oh my god! I'd give him a little smooch on his head, and he would be like, "Oh, I got a thing going here. You're getting lint in my fuzz, or whatever." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What were you saying about the animation? Oh yeah, the hair looks so good. Uh, and the honey looks yummy. Here's what sucks: the rest of the animation is bad. Number one, um. The for bees and the humans, they just keep reusing the same model, but like tweaking it a little. Like they'll make the eyes a bit bigger on one or the nose a bit bigger, but it's essentially like the same model. I saw like that guy that they bring in to represent that company on trial. He looks like the airport guy at the end of the movie. He's on the phone. He's like, who is this? And he's like, oh, it's Barry B. Benton. He's like, from the bee trial. Oh, my God. Uh, they all look the same, uh, and it's sort of distracting and annoying. Uh, the humans just generally look bad. Like the animation on Vanessa, she well, number one, Vanessa just sucks. We didn't really talk about it. She's just like there's a scene where Barry first talks to her, and then she just stabs herself in the hand with a fork, and it's so like, unfunny. T- like, typically the most people will do is, uh, like, slap themselves in a movie. But she go like, she, st- she stabs herself. You can see the fork puncture her skin. And it's like, what? And then she's, like, pouring coffee on the ground. And it's like, maybe it's supposed to be funny, but it's just really <laughs> cringeworthy. Um, Leg- anyways, Leg- the humans just look bad. Legitimately, one of the legitimately one of the worst parts of this film is that there's no character with depth at all in this film. All the characters are terrible. The three even Ken, my favorite character. Even they're like Vanessa is a terrible character. She doesn't really have any goals or aspirations. She's just there because she's horny for Barry, and then she helps Barry. And then when her plan backfires, she's like, "Oh, Barry, this is all your fault." She acts stupid. Uh, she doesn't have any comedy moments. Barry, of course, is just terrible. He's not that funny. And, like, I don't know if Jerry Seinfeld has ever done anything seriously or sincere in his life. <laughs> um, this movie is certainly no indication because he cannot take off that DreamWorks face for one goddamn second to express any emotion. And then everybody else, <clears throat> character-wise, is not factor. I guess the only other major character is, is Adam and Ken. Adam is just whatever, Barry's butt buddy. You know what I was thinking today? What? What is the point of Adam's character? He's just there for somebody to bounce off 
uh, he's just there for something. So somebody for Barry to talk to. That's it. <laughs> just when he's walking around the hive, he's just there. Like Adam's big moment is that um, the lawyer, John Goodman's character, says something vaguely threatening, not even threatening, just like vaguely insulting in the courtroom. And Adam <laughs> Flaming goes, I'm going cuckoo crazy. And he stabs him, even though that could kill him. And then he's in the hospital, and he just assaulted the lawyer, the uh, opposition's lawyer for no reason. It doesn't really make sense, and it's a really stupid moment, and it's unfunny. Yeah, um, because the lawyer is just saying that, like, which he's making an argument you just can't make, and it has no purpose in the court. So, like, the in the real world, the judge would just say, can you get, get the fuck on with it? He comes up to Barry, and he's like, are you and he's basically just like are you and Vanessa in a relationship and the court would just be like that's well Barry's lawyer would just be like that's irrelevant and the judge would say yeah it is um anyways and then yeah Adam's like oh I'm so pissed uh, he's insulting all bees or something and then he just assaults him I don't I don't know it was it was a it was a stupid moment uh just because it didn't make sense and Oh God, that's one of the worst things about this movie is that just basic construction-wise, it's just poorly done. Like, events sort of just happen because the plot needs them to happen. This is an awful, awful, awful script. Awful, yeah. awful script. Terrible script. The jokes are never land. All the jokes land like Jerry, Fine, Jerry Seinfeld stand-up jokes, which is barely at all. I'm surprised <laughs> he even had the restraint not to have a airplane joke like reference or even like a moment where Barry does like a stand-up thing. I thought I there was going to be an airplane reference on the airplane. I was really looking for one, but there wasn't any. That would have been that would have even been easy point. Like, but they he screwed that one up too. Um, it's the movie's so unfunny. I didn't I did, I did laugh sincerely once. That's so easy for me to say. I didn't laugh at this fucking movie. Watermelon. I thought you said Guatemalan. I guess that is like kind of like the the I mean the movie kind of tries to have self-aware humor but you know if if somebody you hate is giving you a wink wink nudge nudge then you're just going <laughs> to give them that uh, look you know you're not going to start laughing with them and that's exactly how I feel with this movie he tries to have some self-referential stuff in it but it just falls so flat like that bear be Larry King thing and that's uh, so stupid <laughs> fucking sucks so bad god damn um. Do you, oh, we have to talk about the uh, little quirky Latino character. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it wasn't enough for Jerry Seinfeld to have Chris Rock just be a caricature of black people. Um, he also just has this Latino guy who, of course, is like a custodian or something. I don't know because we, as we all know, Latinos. You know, if we don't have them, who's gonna, who's gonna clean the toilets? <laughs> as Kelly Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> once said famously i uh, love how she said it like it was such a it was such a serve it was such a div where she's uh, like who's gonna clean your toilets mr trump and she does a little head bob and everything oh my god and everyone's like "Ooh, wait a second wait a minute and she's like no you mean like you know how and they're like nah nah and they're like, ah, oh, you, you, you better keep quiet and, and try to recover on Twitter for this one. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a no-go right there. Wasn't she in uh, Dazzling Girls or whatever? Da- dream? You mean Dream Girls? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> there was like, have you seen her interview on Eric Andre show? Yes. Where he's like, weren't you? I sort of got he asked her, like, weren't you in the Dazzling Girls? And she's like, what? <laughs> oh, probably. Uh <laughs> I think he's. I remember that, and she's like, "No." And that was also when he's like, "Didn't your dad like eat a human <laughs> shit on stage?" And she's like, "No, you asshole." <laughs> that was a Kelly. bat, you idiot. With classic Kelly Osbourne. Yeah, there's a Latino character, and he has some line where he's like, "I'll feed you to my iguana, Pedro, or something." <laughs> you know, it's it's such. It's it's such a terrible uh, comparison, you know. We just reviewed a movie with great Latino representation in Pedro, in Napoleon Dynamite, and then we get this. I don't know. It's like the movie tr- attempts to have like that kind of transgressive content for adults, like you know stereotypes and playing on that kind of stuff. But why would you put that in a DreamWorks animated film? 
And why won't you work on the script before you start st- putting in stupid jokes in there, you know? Like, he, the the thing he could have done, if he wanted to be, like, edgy and try to make something interesting and unique, is he could have just made it, like, just a straight-up adult movie with the aesthetic of a kid's movie. And, like, the plot beats of a kid's movie. Kind of like a sausage party kind of deal. Yeah, except... Yeah. Better. <laughs> More better. Yeah, just cooler and better and less awkward and with less racism and subtle transphobia and just cooler. And funnier. <laughs> <laughs> and no Jerry Seinfeld in it, preferably... <laughs> Uh, this is Jerry Seinfeld's first script. I think it was his last as well. <laughs> as far as I can tell, he doesn't. As far as I can tell, now he just rides expensive cars, uh, and does terrible interviews with his celebrity buddies in L.A., uh, which is probably the best role. It's his most in. It's where he can do the least amount of damage uh, <laughs> to the industry right now. So it's. I guess that's cool. He's doing it there. Um, you want to go? There was some. In, there was a couple of trivia things that was. <clears throat> gonna talk about um oh yeah uh, we we mentioned it yesterday of course but there's two lawsuits against this movie uh ironically enough about this movie about lawsuits um basically in 2000 a sweeney a team of swedish animation students um they said they pre- presented basically the b movie under the name bibelon in 2001 uh, and they rejected the idea saying it was quote too childish um, which makes sense that they would greenlight the B movie instead because this is you know this is arguably this ain't your grandpa's Beebleon. This this, <laughs> this ain't your grandpa's animated kids film. All right, this is this movie is arguably anti-children in its approach. Uh, so then yeah, they sued them. Uh, I couldn't find anything about resolution, but uh, hopefully they got their just desserts. I.e., hopefully as much money as DreamWorks was willing to give. A cosmetics company called Beeceuticals also filed a lawsuit over the phrase, quote, give bees a chance, end quote. <laughs> that one is, that one is a little, that one is a little, I don't know about that one. You know, that's give bees a chance. First of all, that's a terrible slogan for your company. That's probably why nobody's ever heard of Beeceuticals. Also a terrible name. I hate bee puns now. Um, I told you this yesterday, so I'm going to just do it for the sake of doing it again, but it's funny that it's also called Babylon, and they had the same issue that Babylon 5 had, where they went to NBC or wherever it was, and they pitched their idea for the show, and they're like, mm, no. And then, a little while later, they started Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which was basically the same premise as Babylon 5, and they're like, what? Uh, I don't know if they... Let me see if they had any sort of lawsuit or not. Because I don't actually. Babylon. Uh, no, it just. Oh, here we go. Now, Paramount declined to produce Babylon 5, but later announced Deep Space Nine in development two months after Warner Bros. announced its plans for Babylon 5. Um, even though he was confident that Deep Space Nine producer creators Rick Berman and Michael Piller had not seen this material, he suspe- suspected that Paramount executives used his Bible and script uh, to steer development of Deep Space Nine. Uh, did not file a suit against Paramount, largely because Straczynski did not see it as a productive option. Yeah, that, I love when people just don't sue big companies because they know they'll just get fucked with legal fees and they'll probably just get screwed so they don't do it it's it's awesome yeah american democracy is great in that regard where whoever has the most money wins <laughs> so regardless of uh intellectual property or you know anything like that so it's 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 kind of a, it's it, it's a nice clean system you could say it's like Nintendo when they say, actually, can you not stream this game that's 20 years old that we aren't making money off of currently? And don't use illegal ROMs because we aren't selling this game. So the only way that you can get it is from scalpers, which we make no money off of. Um, or if you buy it used from EB Games, which we make no money off of, please um, own the legal disc um, and don't download it. <laughs> Thanks. 
you have to understand that you know Nintendo's gonna protect her IP. What if somebody puts a gun in Mario's hand in a mod, and parents watch that, and then they say, "Wow, I'm not gonna buy my kids a Switch for Christmas. I saw Mario (laughs) with a gun. I don't want my kids playing with guns. It's that simple." It's that simple. I I guess yeah, they should maybe not look at the COD sales. Um, Yeah, parents don't ever buy their kids uh, gun games. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's against it's against the rules. Mom, I swear it's about driving. GTA is about <laughs> driving. Mom, please. Mom, I promise I won't go to the strip club. I know it's there. I just won't touch it. It's don't please. worry. Mom. Please, 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 please. I, I, I love those conversations as a kid. Mom, please, I swear. I promise, mom. Just let me play. I'll do my homework right after. Please, <laughs> please, please, please. Mom, my friends are going to be offline later. Mom, oh, mom. please. Oh, it's an mom. online game. Mom, I can't pause it. Oh, my God. It's a ranked game, Mom. Please. <laughs> Trying to get into gold rank, please. And then she tells you to turn off the Nintendo. Ugh. I hate that feel. Anyways, uh, um, the movie's bad. The movie's really bad, yeah. Yeah. We should talk about the... I... We should talk about the cult appeal because um, yeah. cult uh, classists will be will be confused perhaps saying I've never seen you know John Carpenter didn't make this movie what's so special about it why does it have a cult appeal well the cult appeal is that it had a rise in popularity as an internet meme starting in like fifteen or twenty fifteen or sixteen basically you know people would post the whole screenplay on Facebook so and, funny and that was the whole joke so fucking funny um and you know you read the whole sc- screenplay of, of course and you know it takes you an hour and a half but then at the end you laugh and it's a good little meme um and then of course people have those youtube videos where every time they say b it gets faster so then the video lasts like two minutes um that was really funny too uh, all the b movie memes are really funny uh, and when i say funny i mean unfunny because the movie sucks and there isn't really any funny jokes from it to make memes from um yeah that's basically it um i i like what inverse wrote about this which kind of sums it up especially for me was that the internet popularity was, quote, a reaction not just to the movie itself, but to the real- realization among millennials that they've been shown a truly odd movie as children and thought nothing of it. That's still, that is something really weird about this movie, is that in Pixar's library, they all kind of follow the same very traditional animated formula. Their standouts, of course, Shrek and Kung Fu Panda are pretty good movies. But there isn't, like, a DreamWorks movie or really another animated movie that is like this. Um, seemingly because Jerry Seinfeld got free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted. And, of course, he doesn't know anything about animation or how to make a movie or a kid's movie or to direct or anything like that. So, of course, it turns out to be a huge piece of crap. Can I read you this thread that happened today? Yeah, read it to me. It was so funny. Uh, I think you'll love it. Um, so this is on Facebook. Um, it was just on some stupid thread about a Melee player's tweet. Um, and this guy said to me, you literally talk back to anyone bitching. Get Mango's dick out of your mouth, hypocrite. Bigger man baby than Mango TBH. And I said, I'm not even a Mango, like, fanboy, cope harder. And then I sent a little laughing gif. And he said, oh, no, he pulled out the internet word, actual fucking R word you are. And then I put in quotation marks, you're just a mango fan, (laughs) internet word. And then he sent us like a screenshot of one of the things I said or something to make me look like a hypocrite. So I sent a laughing gif back at him and I said, guys, I'll post a screenshot showing how hard I'm not coping. (laughs) And then I sent another laughing gif and I said, actual uh, R word. And then he he said, 
Guys, look, I'm posting gifs of the laugh to show how much I don't care. Like, mad hypocritical. Go get drunk in an alley, bro. This shit's sad. And I said, go get drunk in an alley. Send another laughing gif. And he said, look, I'm <laughs> quoting what that person said with the stutter. I'm winning, LMAO. And I said, look, I'll just do what he's doing. That'll show him. And then he <laughs> just kept going on and on. And then he stopped replying for a bit. So, I, you know, when you troll someone... You have to kind of coerce them back in and kind of have to give them a little crumb and say, come here, buddy. So I said, holy shit, give it up, man. You're getting dummied. And he said, are we done? Can we talk like actual humans now? Are you going to keep screaming into the void? I'm like, can we actually talk like humans <laughs> now? And then, you know, apt enough, I sent a, a gif of Ray Liotta laughing in Goodfellas. Um... And then that just kept going, and I just checked. And then I sent a YouTube link, to, uh, timestamp, to when St uh, Stephen Curry um, is doing three-point shots, and the commentator goes, it's so effortless. Oh, it's, it's so, so effortless. effortless. It's so effortless. Oh Came back, God. he sent me one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. Um, and he said, I don't even want to read it. Genuinely feel bad for you, bro. Uh, sending all my positive vibes and love for you because oh, your girlfriend slash boyfriend don't give you enough. Um, it's funnier to see how far they're dedicated to wasting their time with us. Now we look dumb. Uh, and his profile picture is, of course, uh, moist critical uh, with a dildo in it. If if you really wanted to shut his butt down, you should have just hit him with that soy wojack, and then it would have been oh, over. Shit, should've. that's that's for next time, buddy. But it's funny you say that because on Twitter right now, uh, the hashtag Save Smash is trending. Yeah, it's free uh, melee. Because people are pissed that Nintendo is doing stupid, stupid things. Do you no want me reason. to give you the rundown of it? Well, I well, I, I mean, I get, I can, I was okay. This is what I know is that they oh, shut down okay. that turn, they shut down big house tournament. Now people mm -hmm. are pissed. Uh, is there anything more? Well, the thing is, is that Nintendo doesn't realize how time zones work, and that new Hyrule Warriors game came out or whatever, mm -hmm. and people in Australia got the game and they were streaming it on Twitch, and Nintendo was like, "Hey, you guys are streaming the game before it's supposed to be out." Um, because hmm. they don't realize how time works. So they DMCA'd all of their, or they cease and desist all of their, uh, streams and shut them down. Um, because they're like, how did you get this game before it was supposed to come out? And then, yeah, so th there's a Big Host 10, which is a big smack. They, they do Ultimate and Melee. Um, and they're running it on Slippy. And Nintendo's like, um, you cannot use emulation because that is illegal and you can't. Um, so please don't. And then the big host was like, well, we're going to do it anyways. And like, mm, cease and desist. Here you go. Um, so they hit shut that, that down. Huh? Uh, I was going to say hit him with that CND. Let's go. <laughs> and then, yeah, also... Um, Smash Summits, they also kind of cucked. So, pretty much melee tournaments are probably just going to be dead until uh, COVID vaccine comes out. So, whatever. That'll be awesome. I mean, the COVID vaccine uh, shall hopefully come soon. We're getting good positive news out of it every day regarding uh, effective vaccines. So, hold on tight, guys. Finally, and it feels like a distant memory now. We'll be back in the studio. Remember when we used to record in the studio? That was so that? comfy. That remember how long ago that was? Yeah, we'll be back to that. Um, we just need everybody to cooperate here, and we'll we'll go back to where Cop is best, delivering you your cult movie um, show. In this boiling hot little room, and it feels good. And there's there's a there's a certain joy, you know, when you talk into that to that mic, you know, with mm -hmm. the little spit guard and 
Mm-hmm. You get your spit all over it. Sometimes, you know, that one time Luke got everyone in the studio sick. But we'll be there, guys. It'll just just patience. Let's let's go to bags. I have some post bank, you know, gossip we can chat about. So okay, let's do it. Uh, two bags. This movie, it's fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, don't want to watch it again. I don't suggest any of you watch it because you're not gonna find it ironically funny. If you do, I will ironically kill you in a game of Minecraft. Um, I'll grief your house ironically. And I'll, st- I'll, st- you know what I would do to a little college graduate like you if I saw you in Minecraft? <laughs> I would take your diamond armor and I'd throw it in the lava, okay? And you would cry like a little baby about it. So don't watch this movie. Um, don't buy any of the eight books that came out about it. Don't Eleven. buy the Wii, the 11. Don't buy the Wii version of the game at PMPE Games. And, you know, just the movie sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give this one one out of five bags. Uh, it's a really bad movie. Quite honestly, not really any redeeming qualities uh, about it besides the fact that, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I, well, like, what is there to say about this movie? Besides that one joke, you like, give me one positive thing you like about this movie. Go. Quick, I, quick. Like I said, I like the animation on the... The honey and the hair. I would, you know, kiss this little head. And, but like, to me, it's not a one because a one is just like trash, trash movies like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, like Paranormal Activity, like Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Just scum. Just nothing. Just don't watch it. Um, yeah. The the one bag is is really like Jack and Jill, like Freddy got fingered. These are one bag movies. Um, this one, and I feel bad because I gave you know who killed Captain Alex a two, and now I'm pairing this with it. Yeah, what a t- but, see you you owe that movie an apology. <laughs> you owe that movie a two. The enjoyment factor on that alone is just makes it more than a two. But I like, but then so, so then what is it a pass? Lucas, movies, you know, you you know, movies they don't have to be logical, you know. You can take your spot spot cat off for a second. Sometimes a movie is just about the way it makes you feel, you know. Like Michael Jackson said, "The way you make me feel." He's black. He's white. He's touching kids at night. Here's Michael Jackson. Not funny. He didn't. There's no proof that that occurred. That's all I'll say on the subject. There's no proof that that occurred. I don't believe that that occurred. Be honest. Do you think Michael Jackson had rhinoplasty? Um, It's tough to say. Um, I'm going to err on the side of caution and say no. Do you think he had vitiligo? Um, no, <laughs> as we all know, and as everyone told me before I had to find out on my own, Michael Jackson dyed his skin white simply because, quote, he wanted to be white. He's a weird guy. And that's what everyone used to say to me. And then I found out the real reason. I said, you guys are terrible people for this. Yeah, he this actually would, had vitiligo. This would be like if a guy's aren't, this would be like if a guy amputated his leg and people said, why did he do that? And they said, well, you know, he's just a weird guy. He didn't want, he thought he could just get by on one leg. And we all accepted that, you know, that's bullshit. Yeah, he, and I also love that he was just abused by his parents and the people. He's so weird. So awesome. Like, I Damn. wonder why. Damn, when your parents fuck your childhood up completely and you basically don't have one and you're acting weird. No, that's, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know about that. And then Child- your hair gets burned in a fucking commercial, so then you have to wear a wig, and people make fun of you for that. And, and then you get hooked on painkillers because your hair was on, your scalp was on fucking fire, and it kind of hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, you know what? At society, unironically, society did MJ dirty. They did him dirty. Maybe. Who can? Oh shit! I found it. 
Renee Zellweger's new face. Lips, possible filler to make them more pronounced. <laughs> Cheeks, lower cheek fat is gone, either due to weight loss or surgical removal, experts say. If I ever saw a reporter in a game of Minecraft, I... Well, <laughs> any reporter. <laughs> any reporter. I would push them down those stupid ravines until I heard that little crack noise, okay? And it would say in the chat, reporter uh, died, fell from a high place. I, I want to criticize uh, the media right now, as particular reporters, um, for failing to come up with any solutions to this coronavirus problem. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's really silly, like, you know, the politicians are out here working hard, and they're not providing any solutions, but they still grill these hardworking men and gentlewomen, these civil servants about it. It's, it's, it's just, it's not right. Brian Pals are such a fucking moron, dude. <laughs> that guy's a chud. That guy's a definition <laughs> of a chud. <laughs> like, uh, I, I love when just stupid-ass politicians go on TV and they get grilled. <laughs> well... Well, uh, you know, we've been sitting here and you're not giving any solutions, so. That is like the ultimate cope. Like, well, I didn't come up with anything, but neither did you. It's like, that's not my job, man. <laughs> like, it's the same thing with movie critics when people are like, Why, I don't see you making a movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, that's how it works. <laughs> like, you eat a piece of food and you're like, yes, it didn't turn too good. And he's like, well, you make you make a lava cake, you know. <laughs> The fender is frozen, you asshole! It's it's ganache. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking it's, molten. <laughs> it's not runny. It's molten. You place it's, it in the center while it's cooking, and it melts it around it. It's molten. Chef <laughs> is coming up. Well, has Chef hit cult status yet? Probably. You know when Filthy Frank and the boys were pushing that meme, it was. It probably got called. To, uh, that's Chef. I should, probably should have specified the movie. Uh, there we go. Where John Favreau has two beautiful love interests. Literally two of the most beautiful women in in Hollywood right now. And he's banging them on the side like they're just side chicks. And keep in mind, this is just John Favreau. No changes really made here. Um, <laughs> look, John Favreau, you know, he, he's a swell guy. But I mean, come on, man. This is a little gratuitous. This is like this is this is worse than when like Adam Sandler does it, because when Adam Sandler does it, you know, he still portrays himself as like a stupid idiot, and the lady just loves him. This guy pulled out two Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson. That's come on, control yourself, okay? Restraint, and then his buddy's please. fucking Luigi Mario, and he's like, "Hey, chef buddy, hey, I'm Mario, huh?" And jeez. But that um, is so a pretty good movie, that, though. Well, no, you go ahead. Pretty good movie, though. I say it's pretty good. I give well, that, I, I give Chef uh, five out of five bags. Okay, fuck Metacritic, man. Every time I go on this site, it's just the worst scores ever. You know what? I'm just reading here that they remade. There's a Bollywood remake of Chef. <laughs> I can't believe that. The double that, feature. Yeah, that'll be a double feature. Chef's charming cast and sharp, funny script add enough spice to make this feel-good comedy a flavorful, if familiar, treat. Thank you, Ron Tomatoes. Also, lastly, can we talk about the shit soundtrack for the B-movie? Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about it. Um, you know, in weirdly enough, in DreamWorks, fa you know, typically DreamWorks especially, they like to have the licensed music because it's just easy points. Uh, when you have, uh, you know, I mean, I like Megamind, okay? But they, it's like a fucking ACDC <laughs> chill movie with all those songs. And I mean, they work, but it's weird. And this, they opted for, t there's two songs you'll recognize. One is Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Haha. Ha. Sugar Sugar, Honey Honey. Honey Just Got Funny. Money is Honey. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> do what you gotta do, Jerry. And then the second one is... Cheryl Crow's cover of Here Comes the Sun because they exhausted their budget at that point in the film and couldn't afford the Beatles version. So I think the rest were originals. 
yeah those are like the only two like musical pieces and then like obviously like obviously this is not a score that's going to be something to write home about uh let's see the composer here rupert gregson williams he also composed uh, such classics as aquaman wonder woman um hacksaw ridge which is a genius film and most notably hotel rwanda mm. i don't remember the score for that one but it, eh, i believe it was pretty good it was a good movie it's kind of a heavy movie for them to show at uh in like middle school but i mean hey that was a vibe check that was a that was a vibe check when they show you the just bodies littering the roads and they're driving just on top of them Ugh, that was heavy that's, and then that's... you see his like alcoholism after <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, oh. uh yeah oh Good old... yeah oh 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 yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> little kniff moment um next week was dark star the week after that that is mad and mine and matt's mad and i's either way madam mine and matt's one year anniversary of being married of the show and we're just gonna do die hard will be a good time i gotta ask if we can just kind of have the movie because we're planning on doing like a quasi commentary track uh if we could just have the movie quietly playing throughout the whole episode so i'll have to see if we can do that uh but that is a lineup that we're working on working with yeah we're working with that uh we're gonna see how it goes it'll be a great show though it's gonna be a lot of fun um get a get get your bro okay i was gonna say get your bros but i mean don't right now but uh virtually get your bros get some brews um it's gonna be a bit of a brew haha i guess you could say because there's gonna be brews and hahas so get ready uh and with that i wanted to ask you what did you think of the cage uh the cage is pretty good um it's 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 weird it's weird and i mean it's star trek star trek already for most people when they watch it it's it's a bit strange uh, you get that uncanny effect, lighting strange, you know, the formality of it all. So, of course, the cage, which is like Star Trek at its most awkward because it's the first episode, um, it can be a little rough to watch. But, I, but I'll say this, that it hits its stride about midway through, um, and the ending is great. And it's a definitely worthy of TOS. It's probably up there. I mean, in the episodes I've seen, of the series, at this point, I've probably seen like 15%. But it was a pretty good episode. I just watched Where No Man Has Gone Before. I actually probably like The Cage better than that. But that is really? a decent episode. Yeah, I think so. I really like that one. Did you, did you realize or recognize, I guess, who the guy is? No, he looked vaguely familiar, but I wasn't. I didn't know. He's in two thousand and one. Who is he? Um, not Dave, the other guy. Oh, like the guy with Dave? Yeah. Is there anybody else on that mission? It's just they're it... they're all asleep. Right. So it's just those two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn, I did not know. So he's been in two great iconic roles, science fiction wise. Man, talk about yeah. a couple. What else has he been? Oh, that's it. Oh, that's a shame. Um, he was chill. He was kind of a dick to the crew when he was just like, you know, <laughs> nah. <laughs> he was like going out Dr. Manhattan. They're like, hey, man, just keep your head on. You know, we don't want any trouble here. And then he just starts blowing shit up. It wasn't really that nice. Did he realize or did you notice? i got to stop saying realize. Notice, um that scene where they have kirk's tomb he has a different middle initial no i didn't i was trying to that whole time i was i was i was watching it from my my tv's a little far from my bed so i was squinting trying to see the star dates on it because i was like how old is kirk exactly but i didn't notice that yeah it's it's r or something let me look at this 
James Riberius Kirk. Uh, <laughs> what is it? It would be Kirk Tombstone. Yeah, you're right. It's a James R. Kirk. Started a 1277 to... What? I can't even... I don't even know what this means. The star dates aren't like the year or whatever. Damn it. I can't even... How do I even calculate this? There's a calculator. There's a star date calculator? Okay. Well, he's probably like 30. Who cares? But yeah, it's James R. Kirk. Why would they just change that, do you think? I forget. I, I read somewhere that... I, I, th- I think it was like the Tiberius thing was from another sci-fi thing that he, uh, Roddenberry liked. I'm not 100% sure, though. Found a funny Star Trek meme. Well, first of all, I, the the joke I just said I found in a meme says, a stone slab is my everlasting legacy. And then Mitchell says, honestly, I could have sworn you said Riberius. <laughs> <laughs> then I found another Star Trek meme. Um... And it says, Spock, the Romulans are closing in. What should we do? And Spock says, Turn down the tone down the overacting, maybe. <laughs> I see. I, I, maybe it's because I just watched so much. I don't get the whole overacting meme from Kirk. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the big thing is the dramatic pauses, which is a huge meme. Is They're that, not like, even like that long of pauses, though. I, well, the thing is that the way the show was set up is that it's it's okay for melodrama. It's it's very soap opera-ish, yeah. right? So it kind of contributes to that. But I guess out of context, or, or for people who aren't used to that, it can be a little bit much when he goes, Spock, I feel strange. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't mind it either, really, but I, I, I've accepted Star Trek as it is, whereas some people have not. R.I.P. to Pike, who uh, fell down three stairs and died. Yeah, down three years. He, he died a week before the episode, I think. Did we? Oh, we didn't talk about it last time because we just watched it. Uh, Turnabout Intruder. Yeah, a week before that aired, which was the last episode of the show, he died, apparently, which is rough. But they do him good in uh, 2009 Trek. I like his character there. Yeah. That He's was chill. that was interesting. And then they still do the whole shtick where... Or I guess I won't say that because that will kind of ruin... You'll, I'll, I'll say what I'm going to say at a later date. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to end it there, I think, unless you got something. Um, I got nothing... So yeah, next week is Dark Star Carpenter's first movie, mm-hmm. and that one will probably be pretty good. And then, of course, we're doing a really good movie. We're doing Die Hard after that. It's gonna be a good time. All and right. Then, uh, um, no, we don't. We don't need anything after that. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. All right. See you later. I'll see you later.